If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're listening to the 13 Pro-Am Rugby League Show, discussing Saints, Super League, and the game as a whole. Yes, very good evening. Welcome to the 13 Pro-Am Rugby League Show. My name is Steve Beach. And uh, yes, what has the week been like? Well, it's been a week worth Actually, if you're listening to this in the beer garden, hope you're nice and warm. And I hope it's been worth that nice pint you've got in front of you. Yes, the, the bars are open, or the pubs are open outside at least. But what a week it has been. There's been loads of comings and goings. Uh, we found out that Johnny Lomax isn't going anywhere. Daryl Powell is going to Warrington. We know now that London aren't going to Toulouse. And we asked the question... Is Andrew Fafita coming to Wakefield? Along with all of that, in the show tonight, we will be reviewing the weekend's Challenge Cup games and we will be hearing from uh, Christian Wolfe and Johnny Lomax. Don't forget you too can join in on the debate on the chat board. If you're listening on the app, just tap the speech bubble and uh, if you're listening on the computer or tablet, click the comments section and join in the conversation. And uh, whilst you're on there, don't forget to give us a like and, and follow us. And if you do follow us, you'll get all the uh, the updates of the, the shows that you may miss. Uh, obviously, we'll give you a, a notification. Uh, our panel tonight, as always, in our virtual studio, are Steve Orford, Graham Cunliffe, Dave Parkinson and Gaz Tinsley. How are you doing, guys? Are you OK? Good evening. Good, thanks. And, uh, all good to you. They're all, all looking resplendent. We're going to go uh, to Steve Alford first, because, Steve, uh, we've, uh, we've actually got a poll kicked off and going on Twitter, I believe. We do. And it is regarding uh, a story that you just touched on uh, at the start of the show there about London Broncos uh, not going to Toulouse to fulfil uh, their fixture. Um, they At the start of the season, before the season started, it was decided that they... Uh, would go because they're the only uh, full-time professional team in the championship. So the other teams that are semi-pro uh, have been told that as things stand at the moment, they don't have to go because of the quarantine rules that are in place um, uh, in regards to COVID. So we're asking whether or not it is right for London on that basis uh, to, to back out of going to France. They've said they're not going, not going to go now. They don't want to go uh, because they don't feel it's fair that they should have to go when all the other teams in that division are not having to go. 
so at the moment, 52% of our respondents say that London are right to refuse not to go to Toulouse to fulfil this fixture. 48% say no, they are not right. Mm, that, that's, that's, that's closer than I thought it was going to be. Obviously, it could change throughout the show, but I must admit, I thought it would might have been a little bit uh, more one-sided than that. It's... Uh, just shows. It's a proper Brexit vote, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. 52-48. <laughs> right, moving on. We're going to go through uh, the Challenge Cup results from the weekend and then obviously we'll uh, we'll start to uh, go through and uh, have a review of, uh, of some of the games. And we've got lots uh, to talk about tonight with regards to topics. Absolutely shamefuls, as they say. So uh, the Challenge Cup results are Old Kingston Rovers 32, Castleford Tigers 33. York City Knights nil, Wigan Warriors twenty six, Sulphur Red Devils sixty eight, Wigan sorry Witness Vikings four, St Helens twenty six, Lead Rhinos eighteen, Catalan Dragons twenty six, Wakefield Trinity six, Featherstone Rovers fourteen, All FC thirty four, Swinton Lions eight, Warrington Wolves thirty two, and Lee Centurions eighteen, Uddersfield Giants uh, thirty six. Uh, and obviously, obviously, like we do as normal, we'll kick off with the uh, the Saints game. Saints taking on Leeds, of course, at uh, the Tokyo Wicked Stadium. Got through 26 points to 18. Uh, after the game, uh, Mike Critch from the St. Anisar caught up with uh, just uh, with the Christian Wolf for us. Into the hat for the next round. That's all that counts, but it's a tough old game. Yeah, look, it was, and you're right there. Um, yeah, that is all that counts, and... Um, I wouldn't put it down as our best performance, but we found a way to win, and, and that's what you need to do sometimes. So, um, you know, certainly happy from that point of view. Some uncharacteristic defensive lapses and a few errors with the ball. Is that just the tension of the cup, or is it that a product of some of the adversity you may have faced during the game, losing two blocks? Uh, look, I'm, I'm not really quite sure. I, I think I think there was a couple of times there through the game that we probably thought we had it won when we you know, when we hadn't, and um, you know, just took our foot off a little bit and. Um, yeah, that's certainly the way it felt with a couple of those, you know, what I thought were pretty soft tries there, uh, particularly in the second half. Uh, if you just have a look at how we responded after the second try and you know, the way we defended then and the way we kicked and chased and it was like we knew the game was back on and that's what we should have been doing 10 or 15 minutes prior to that. So uh, that, that's my gut feel at the minute, but you know, I want to have a look at the video and, and uh, have a chat to the blokes on, on, uh, on recovery and we'll figure it out. Were you surprised the first Roby try didn't go to the screen? Because uh, he looked looked pretty close then. He, he seemed to have a good case. Yeah, look, it was a try at the end of the day. Um, you know, it's it's disappointing when you know we've got access to to those kinds of things to make sure it's a, either a try or it's not a try, and we don't use it. And that mm. you know, that's disappointing. Um, it's there to be used, and if there's any doubt whatsoever, it should be used. And um, you know, those things can have a really big influence, and it didn't tonight, but um, they certainly can. And and as I said, they need to be used. There you go. That's Christian Wolf, uh, Mike Critch, catching up with him after the game. Uh, of course, that was one of the the few uh, sorts of uh, little talking points uh, within the game. Uh, we'll come to you first, Steve. Uh, not the uh, most glamorous of, of games, but as they say, a win's a win. Yes. Well, there were some mitigating factors, as was just touched on there. Uh, the loss of two players in the first sort of seven or eight minutes. We lost Celia Mataltia and uh, Matty Lees uh, with injuries. and Neither of them returned. So we're down to 15 players in the rotation, which makes it difficult to to um, you know rotate the forwards as we would normally do. Um, but I think what I come back to, or what I've 
keep coming back to when I think about it is complacency, I think, early on. You look at that Leeds team that they put out, it was missing six or seven of their first choice back line. And I think there was a little bit of, uh, you know, just thinking that maybe we're just going to turn up and it'll take care of itself eventually. I think a lot of the fans thought that. I certainly thought that. When I, when I analysed it before the game, I was expecting a bit of comfortable Saints win. I think a little bit of that transmitted to the players and that, I think, led to some of the errors we saw in the, in the first half, particularly. Um, and then I think what they did in response to that was they tried to kind of... Um, they started making bad decisions because they got under pressure mm. from making errors and they started to force passes that they wouldn't you wouldn't normally see them do. I mean, I'm always complaining that they're not expansive enough, but I think at the same time, they made some bad decisions that you that you wouldn't you wouldn't expect any team to make in this in the modern game where expansive rugby league is not the same as it was, you know, when we when I was growing up in the eighties yeah. when it was all about, you know, offloading every single tackle and pushing pushing the pass whenever you could. That's gone from the game. So there's a happy medium somewhere. I don't I don't think we found it. Uh, in regards to the, to the video ref incident that uh, Christy Wolf spoke about there, I, I do think agree with him that the Roby one in the first half should have been checked. Uh, but the other one, I think uh, the second half one, the, the thing about that for me was that in, in the one instance, the video referee uh, could find enough evidence to overturn the call. And in the other one, he couldn't. Uh, the other one, by which I mean the second Brad Dwyer try, mm. uh, they found enough evidence there to over- overturn, I think, uh, or, or to, or, or they didn't find enough evidence there to overturn, yeah. but they did with the James Roby one, which had been given as a try, I think, originally. So there's some inconsistency there, I think, because I think, um, although I don't think the James Roby one necessarily was a try, uh, I'm not too sure it was that dissimilar from the Brad Dwyer one, and certainly the first half one, which wasn't even looked at and wasn't even you know mentioned by any of the uh, our wonderful BBC commentary team, who was so much better than Sky, um, didn't even get you know reviewed or, or, or anything. So that was a strange one for me. Um, pluses, I'd say Ignatius Parsi was absolutely outstanding. He just steamrolled the leads mm. pack all day. I don't have any meters he made because I've not seen actual stats on it, but it must be in the high sort of 190s, 200 meters, I think, by the by the Super League uh, measure that we that we use. Um, he was absolutely, say, outstanding. Um, and we needed him to be because we lost Lees and we lost Vitalsia, as I said before. So um, that made it trickier. Leeds were better than I thought they were going to be. They, they had a good dig and they you know, didn't give up and they made it difficult for us, especially when Dwyer, Dwyer came on and scored those two tries in the second half. Um, but, I mean, what really helped us, I think, I haven't mentioned it yet, is the uh, the elephant in the room, so to speak, is the red card of Tetevano. Mm. When he was sent off, it made things a lot easier for us, but we didn't actually take as much advantage of that as I thought perhaps we yeah. should have done. Because um, earlier we'd been moving the ball around quite well, even before um, the red card. And then after that, we didn't really use the width, I think, that was uh, that was there for us to, to kind of exploit. Regan Grace got a, a couple of good tries again and Makerton finished it off at the end when the ball did go out there to him. It shows you that when it does go out there, these guys can finish. So I think we should be using the wings a bit more, especially when the other team is is down to 12 men. Yeah. No complaints about the red card. It's a textbook nailed on red card for me. It's late, it's high, and it's dangerous. And we've got to protect um, not just halfbacks, but players, because if we allow that and don't legislate against it, then, you know, in a few years' time, we won't have a game because parents will just stop their kids mm. from playing the game because it, it's associated now with, you know, brain conditions and degenerative 
um, brain diseases. Mm. So it's very important, I think, to legislate against it. Yeah, totally agree. Graham, uh, your thoughts? Well, uh, well, I think hand on heart, I think we got away with one here, to be honest. Um, I was watching. I had to watch it twice. I watched it when I watched it live, and I was I was getting angry and angry and more annoyed and more annoyed about various things going wrong that Steve's eloquently highlighted already. And then when I watched it back, I thought, "Hang on, I'm going to have to have another look at this, and I'll go through it a bit more carefully." Um, we didn't. I don't. I don't think that we appreciated just how much playing against nine or ten forwards in in a team of thirteen would actually affect our 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 attack because it's always harder. Um, harder to play. It's it's harder to play against forwards who are fit and ready to rumble than it is against back two tend to be smaller and not cause as much damage when we're tackling. I think in that first half, um, our centres and, and on the fringes we're getting gang tackled, we're getting gang tackled all over the pitch, and it, it just slowed it down uh, dramatically for me. And each um, each tackle was a lot longer than we used to, and of course. Leeds' best uh, tactic was slowing the game down, playing up the middle and, and, and grinding us grinding us out of it. Um, and, and to a certain extent, that worked because had they not gone down to 12 men, we, we'd, have had a, we'd have had a two-point ball game right up to the last minute, I would have thought. And, and we wouldn't have looked um, eight points up to a bit more comfortable, but it was, it was a lot closer than that. And I, I just felt generally disappointed or frustrated after the game. But again, that's down to losing... Two of your two of your starting forwards in the first ten minutes, and having a back on the bench, which made it that you'd only got one rotating forward. Then, so that there are um, explanations as to why it didn't go as well as planned. But I generally thought that we we weren't great, and we got away with one here. To be honest, but we're in the hat. There we are. Guys, for for all it was a bit on the scruffy side. Uh, side uh, Ignatius Passy, uh, what a revelation! Without doubt, yeah. But I want to make some. Some try and make some uh, different comments than, than, than what we've heard, but I thought um, <clears throat> Parsi came on at a time when we were struggling, um, and what an impact he had! Wow, uh, I didn't expect that. He was absolutely fantastic, uh, and it's exciting now to think what he can do. You know, as we go go through the season. Um, so yeah, really, really excited about him. Um, but on the game, um, yeah, I mean, one, one observation I'll make was I think Coote was particularly rusty. Mm. Um, he was he was probably at about 60%. Um, and that's not a big issue because give him a couple of games, he'll be back. But he was he was way off. It was like when he came back last year. Uh, I think it was for the Challenge Cup final, unfortunately. <laughs> he was way off that day as well. Um, so yeah, I think that was a contributory factor. It was nowhere near a, a, a standard coot. Um, but I thought we, you know, the tries were awful, weren't they? The two Dwyer tries. I mean, talk about once bitten, twice bitten. Mm. Uh, so I let that happen again five minutes later. I thought it was ten, and even the Alenski try. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 
It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. We should be stopping them. Although I've got Alinsky, looks about three stone heavier than last year. He, he looks a real difficult one to handle. Alinsky, I thought he had a great game for them. Um, Tati Varno, I mean, Wigan will probably come in for him for next year because he's perfect for them. <laughs> it, for me, for me we, we, that, that was the second instant that he'd already done it early on. It That's first, right, yeah, yeah. I mean, just ridiculous. Yeah. And I think that just a kick him back into the um, you know, and uh, and that, that well, that second one, but yeah, I mean, in fairness to the um, you know, to the officials, they got that right. Totally agree on the, and I'm really encouraged to hear uh, Wolf say how it is that rugby try was a try. I mean, why Thaler didn't go to the the video ref over that it was just criminal. Uh, it was absolutely a try. Uh, and it, you know, if you're going to make those calls as a ref, you've got to be right, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, big bold call like that, I'm completely wrong. It makes you look really stupid. Um, uh, you know, and I thought, yeah, it was great to see. I thought um, Wellsby wonder pass for the yeah. try. Johnny again miss that ball. Another wonder pass. Um, it was a real tragedy. I thought I was. I was really hoping Dodd will get on, and Dodd gets on. And he plays him nine again. So we've still <laughs> we've still not seen Dodd have a go behind the pack. Um, but hopefully that's only a few weeks away. Um, yeah, so I thought, yeah, Joel, I thought Joel Thompson, superb, absolutely superb. Again, what, another great signing. The signings look really good, don't yeah, they? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, all in all, bottom line, through to the next round, glad it was a poor Leeds team. Um, and, uh, but yeah, we are through, and that's what, that is ultimately all. Back in the hat, as they say. Uh, obviously, on the day, uh, on yeah. uh, the man of the match was Ignatius Patty. Uh, we had our poll going, and yeah, it, it was no difference. Ignatius was uh, uh, a massive winner on that. Uh, and we asked uh, Christian Wolf about uh, uh, how we thought uh, Ignatius had, uh, had had gone on. Thought he gave us outstanding, and well, to give our um, our forwards a, a bit of credit, there we lost two middle forwards in the first ten minutes. And... Yeah, that certainly unsettled us, and it meant the blokes, you know, Kyle Amore, um, you know, Louis, those sorts of guys played some really big minutes, and um, you know, you, you've got to leave them hanging out there a little bit. And you've made your interchanges early, and don't get to make the same impact as what they usually do. But uh, you're right about Ignatius; I thought he was outstanding. And I, I thought he, I thought he started really well against Salford, and 
you know, obviously didn't get the opportunity to keep going with the game and he was, he was going to make a really good impact then. And, you know, I thought he really showed his worth there tonight in terms of what he's going to offer us as a team. And uh, yeah, he's got a great carry, he's got great footwork, he's got a real skill set that he hasn't been able to show yet. And what, what I like the most as well is he backs that up with some really good aggressive defence. So I was really happy with his input. Yeah, the uh, Christian Wolf on about Ignatius Passy, who was our man of the match, as well as uh, uh, the BBC man of the match. Of course, we've mentioned the injuries to Matis Lees and to uh, Sione Mataltia, uh, and this is what he had to say uh, update-wise uh, just after the game. Look, Sione's recovered fine. It was uh, he, he, he didn't come back on because of the way he fell, not because he didn't pass the test. So, um, yeah, so look, he, he was recovered fine after the game and everything else, and We'll obviously have to go through some protocol to see where he's at for next week. Matty Lees, I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. He uh, rolled over at his ankle. I think his first carry of the game, and you know, tried to push through that, but you could see that he, he wasn't going to be able to get through it and wasn't moving like he was going to be able to get through it. And uh, you know, that's something we need to see how it pulls up tomorrow and possibly get scanned and and see where it's at. But uh, you know, from both points of view, hopefully they're not long. Um, you know, we, we certainly need them back out there and. And not having the likes of Morgan Knowles available at the minute. Um, you know, as I said, I hope they're not too long because it leaves us a bit short. There you go. So that's uh, St. Helens 26, Leeds Rhinos 18. Uh, we'll go to the other games. So we'll go to York City Knights 0, Wigan Warriors 26. Uh, Dave, uh, good, I'm saying a good try. They didn't score, but they didn't weren't as, as battered as we thought they might have been. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, no, it was quite a spirited performance. Mm. I actually missed the first twenty minutes because I was caught up in the uh, in the Golden Point drama of the Hull Kingston Rovers and Castleford game. Uh, but yeah, from what I saw of this, York really did give a good account of themselves. Wigan eventually uh, being able to split the defence, Hardacre going in for a, a try, Smith going over just before the break, as well as uh, Young Hal Sol. Tell you what, he looks a physical specimen. I don't know where Wigan get him from, but you know it just seems every time they bring somebody in, that they just they just look right. They just look like they should be in that Wigan ship. It's, it's tremendous what they do, and I know Max, this is a Saints-based show. Like uh, Bob Dorman Day, that's what it is. But but I, I was pretty impressed with what I saw from from young Carl Saul, in, in fairness, uh, and even there was a, a try for young Gamila Hanley as well who has had a bit of a torrid time, it must be said, in his uh, first couple of Super League games uh, for, for Wigan. So, uh, yeah, I think he, the, the biggest thing with Amila Hanley, though, is his last name. Mm. I think that's, you know, at least at least with Tierney, we all know who his dad is, but he's, he doesn't carry that Robinson that Robinson name, does he? So he can go under the radar a little bit. If he's called Hanley, you're going to have to be excellent because your dad was a tremendous player. And I think maybe that's sort of weighing a bit heavy on him. But even so, it was a nicely taken try. Uh, and then uh, Tony Club going over for, well, I'll get in for a rare appearance these days uh, when all said and done, because he doesn't play, I don't seem to play that often these days, does he, Tony Club? I forgot mm. all about him. And uh, it's only Graham mentioned in the nightclub dormant comments that I thought, yeah, yeah, Tony Club actually played, played quite well and grabbed a try too. So, um, yeah, um, I, I was really impressed with uh, Dow Nico for uh, York. I thought he played particularly well out in the centres. I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a centre by nature. I think he's more a second-row man, but he certainly, uh, you know, 
did his uh, pulled his tripe out, and uh, I guess as well they had uh, two teenagers who were making the debut as well. Tous who, who put in a tremendous tackle on Hanley to deny him a try in the corner, uh, and young Miles Harrison, who I think on our community show, you know, I think we spoke to his dad, um, but uh, yeah. Re- really, really nice to, to sort of see young players making their way in the sport. And they weren't this great there at all, York. And it's just as, again, we say it so often, but it's just a shame that there's nobody there to see the game live because it deserved an audience, a paying audience to be there to see that. And I think with a paying audience there, it might have been even closer because yeah. they, they really did give a good account to themselves, York. Yeah, I must admit, it's a nice stadium they've got there as well, Leo. They've done a, done a good job. Steve, uh, do you manage to catch some of this? I did, yes. I think Dave summed it up pretty well, to be honest. I think any time you get uh, a team of, you know, Wiggins quality against the, a, a lower league side, there's very little prospect of a, of a shock these days. Um, rugby league, by its nature, you know, it's it's too kind of physical for that for that to be a realistic possibility. Um, but they had a good, a good dig, as Dave says. They didn't disgrace themselves. I mean, their attack... It didn't really look like troubling Wiggins' defence too much. Wiggins' defence is one of the strong, you know, suits. So um, I think as soon as Wiggins got a couple of scores in front, you knew which way it was going to go. But but credit to them because the score didn't get run up too much. Twenty six points against is not there's no disgrace by any means. Plenty of Super League teams will play Wigan this year and concede twenty six points or more than that. So um, not not a bad effort there uh, and something to build on for them when they go back into the, the league program. It'd be a good experience for their players to have played against a team of, of that quality. Um, so, all, all positives for York, really, I think. Yeah, I, I t- totally agree. And uh, just looking at the uh, the team that we're going to actually put out, it was it was a very strong side, wasn't it? I mean, there was a, somebody said there a couple of youngsters in there, but nevertheless, there's still, you know, a lot of the big names are in there. Uh, obviously, the other game that Dave was on about, the probably the one that was the uh, uh, certainly the, the, the eye catcher. Uh, it was Old Kingston Rovers 32, Castleford Tigers 33. Uh, this is one of those that, in fact, this game nearly went on as long as a game of Popmaster on uh, on radio today. Because on Popmaster today, they got the two guys drew and they went to a tiebreaker. And it took 10 minutes to get through a tiebreaker. So I thought, hang on, hang on, I'm sure I've seen this somewhere before. And that was it, Old KR versus Castleford. Dave, you were, you watched this one. Yeah, it went to the fourth period of extra time. You wouldn't have thought it at half time though. Hull Kingston Rovers played some tremendous stuff. I know they, um, you know, were pretty well beaten by St. Helens, weren't they, uh, last week? Uh, St. Helens having those two scoring bursts against them in particular. But they, they came out all guns are blazing. Um, scored four first half tries. Ryan Quinlan, Vette, and Parcel all going over. Um, Castleford only responded through Truman after 22 minutes. And it was looking a, a bit of a sorry state, by, to be honest, by the Tigers. Mm. Uh, I thought that they were quite poor in the game in that first half. Um, I don't know what um, you know Powell said to him at half-time. He wants to bottle that for the rest of the season, though, because they, they came out, they were tackling like men possessed and really pushing forward. McShane almost grew another arm, I think, you know, to get him out of the out of the, 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 the mix that they found themselves in. And and I think it was based on his performance. I saw some stat actually that suggested that he'd run for 256 metres, which as a hooker, you're going to some if you're running that amount of distance. We've been talking about Ryan Papenhausen, and rightly so because of the way he's starting the NRL season on our sister NRL show. Um, but 
that that's anything equal to any anything a Ryan Pappenhausen could come up with. He was averaging nearly twenty meters a carry yeah. in that game, which is unreal for a hooker. So he single handedly dragged Castleford back into that game. They scored second half tries through Daryl Alpert, who grabbed two. McShane himself scored two, and Turner scored with the final play of the game to level it up. I mean, this was a game for the ages. I don't care what anybody says. You know, you can keep your five fours or seven fours or whatever it was in the grand final last year. I love games like this where there's try scoring action. And that was a tremendous finish. And then as 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 was mentioned, it took four periods of extra time before O'Brien was able to slot over a drop goal. Um and there must have been about six players who all had a go in extra time and couldn't get a drop goal for Toffee. Uh, and then suddenly O'Brien pops up, similar to like he did for Salford, you know, a few years ago, which condemned Hull Kingston Rovers to the uh, to the championship. Um, but yeah, love that game. Hull Kingston Rovers 32, Castleford 33. Yes, uh, absolutely great game there. Uh, I'm going to stick with you, Dave, because uh, you were at uh, Salford Red Devils against Widnes Vikings. 68 points to four. That's uh, got to be demoralising, if I could say it. <laughs> I uh, I said that was coming for witness. I've not been impressed by them at all this season. Although um, I, I'm going to be fair here to witness because the first 20 minutes they were excellent. Actually, they, they chucked an awful lot of shape at, at Salford line, um, but just couldn't get over. So they they had a, tre- a tremendous defence there. Did Salford um, young Craven? Well, I say young. He's 28 years old now, so he's perhaps not as young as he used to be. Uh, but Danny Craven was was certainly going some in the middle of that field and orchestrating. Wasn't impressed at all with Matty Smith. Matty Smith looks like he's way past his best now. Um, so if I was witness, I'd certainly be looking for another half back to come in because um, if they're going to go with Smith all season, they won't do anything at all. Mm. Uh, they had a, a good young fullback though. Daniel Hill prevented a couple of tries and then scored one himself just before half time. But by that stage... Uh, Salford had already gone on a scoring burst and made it 24 points to four. Second half, it was like men against boys, literally. Salford bossed it. Um, to be honest, Richard Marshall even had the luxury of being able to take Mossopoff after about 25 minutes, didn't play him for the rest of the game. Uh, and then he took two lower hair off as well, uh, about five or 10 minutes into the second half. And, and they still ran rampant. Um, yeah. Akers was particularly good them um from a from a scoring point of view they've got Morgan Eskery this season over at Salford he scored two tries uh Matty Costello of course who we all know from this show um he he had a, an impressive debut two tries and a try assist as well and there were other big performers as well from the likes of Darcy Lussick who was on for about an hour as a front rower which is almost unheard of these days for props to get such a long stint uh, but every time he got the ball I'd be interested to see his stats, actually, because I bet he wasn't that much short of 200 metres because every time he got it, he was just striding through. Uh, but, yeah, very, very convincing performance in the end by Salford Red Devils, who put on 20 points in the last five minutes. They just couldn't. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 
It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Stop scoring. And weirdness couldn't find a way to stop them. Uh, and they were quite dejected at the end. And uh, But yeah, good performance from Salford. I know they've taken some stick over the early stages of the Super League, but uh, it looks like they're back. Yeah, uh, good to see them get some uh, some tries under the belt. Wigness Vikings, obviously, need to sweep that one under the carpet and, uh, and obviously concentrate now on trying to get to... Uh, as, as good a games or, or, as they can yeah, in uh, in the championship. And we're moving down to Catalan Dragons 26, Wakefield Trinity uh, 6. This was the other game played at the Tokley Wicked Stadium. Uh, Stay, you were watching this one. Yes, I did see this one. Yeah, uh, disappointingly routine is how I would describe it, really. Catalan well in control. It did look as though Wakefield might make a fight of it early on, such the first 20 minutes or so, when uh, Messalino went over to for. Uh, Wakefield to cancel out the first try of the game. I think it was by Sam Tomkins. Uh, but after that, I just thought uh, Catalan just took control. Uh, you know, they were, they were much better. Tom Davis got a try. Um, Gil Dudson got a try. I thought he was very, very good again uh, for Catalan, Gil Dudson. Um, and yeah, they were just dominant. Wakefield, I think, got a few problems uh, to fix up. They haven't won a game, I don't think, in the league yet. And uh, now out the cup as well. So problems mounted for Chris Chester. I think, was he not one of the ones at the beginning of the season we thought might be uh, sort of in jeopardy? Uh, yes, I think he is probably one of the favourites. With yeah. I've not seen the bookies' odds, but I bet he's one of the favourites to be the first, one of the first ones to uh, uh, go through the exit door. And uh, there's not been a great, probably a great start for Wakefield. And they've got Saints uh, this weekend. Mm, not, not the best for them. So there you go. That's Catalan Dragons 26, Wakefield Trinity 6. Uh, other scores, uh, Featherstone Rovers against Ole FC. So we're at Featherstone Rovers 14, Ole FC 34. Uh, I was looking at a read-up on this. I, I didn't, I've saw the, the tries, but uh, Odson not too happy with the performance. Was saying that uh, uh, they could have been a bit more, a bit more slicker, a, a bit better. Uh, uh, whether that's a disservice to Featherstone Rovers, I don't know. I know they had Ferretto Baramo uh, back uh, instead of... Adam Swift, uh, who had quite a good match, and uh, obviously that puts Swifty under a little bit of pressure again. But I think uh, I think he showed enough in the first couple of games to to possibly keep his his position for the next Super League games. And we have got Swinton Lions eight, Warrington Wolves thirty two. Uh, again, uh, I know uh, our, our good friend Mr. Price at Warrington uh, wasn't happy with the the display from Warrington again. Uh, again. I think Swinton, uh, you know, put up a good performance there. Thirty-two eight. We were saying that they would get absolutely whitewashed. I think Dave, uh, 
good good signs because Swinton haven't been doing too bad so far, have they? Uh, yeah, they've been very very competitive. That that's actually a real creditable performance that from Swinton. They they only trailed by twelve points at half time as well. Uh, so you know, really good performance. I, I've seen a couple of the highlights. I've spoken to a couple of people because I'm over at Swinton this um, you know this coming weekend. Yeah, and um, you know the the guys that I know that were there. Uh, from a media point of view, they were so impressed with Swinton. They put a heck of an effort in. Deserve a lot of plaudits, to be honest. And uh, um, I, I suppose from a, a Warrington persuasion, they relied a lot on Toby King and heading down that centre, which, to be honest, you know, it's a good left edge, that, mm-hmm. isn't it? I mentioned it last week, the fact that they dominated Lee. Uh, and it seems like looking at, the, uh, looking at how the tries were scored, they came down that left edge again. Um, but if you can bottle that left edge up, then Warrington don't have an awful lot else yeah. to throw at teams. So, you know, maybe maybe Swinton have found a way that all the Super League clubs can uh, frustrate Warrington. Yeah, because like I said about the Wigan uh, line-up uh, before against York, I mean, Warrington was the same. They, they had a tidy side out as well. It was, uh, you know, it wasn't sort of just the kids or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, well done Swinton in, in, in that respect. Uh, can uh, take some some heart out of that a bit more than what obviously witness could do against Salford, uh, and then obviously we go down to Lee Centurions eighteen, Oddersfield Giants thirty six, and this was the game that let us down because we had them all right up till this one, and um, we, the majority of us took uh, took Lee Centurions Parker, uh, tough day at the office. Uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a few more, to be fair, mm. from looking at the last two games. Um, if you look at how um, Huddersfield started the game, you've got Kenny Edwards playing for them now, uh, who was uh, a nasty piece of work, it would be fair to say, in the nicest possible mm. sense for Catalan's Dragons. But he's a damn good player as well, to be fair. So um, <laughs> the first try he scored in the, in the game, uh, and it came shortly after, He'd actually stolen the ball. We had a conversation last week, didn't we, about the new ball stealing That's interpretation. Right, yeah. Yeah. And this was one of those, you know, two men in, round the ball, ripped out as the other fell, as the other player fell off. So um, they they got the ball back. They scored from it. Great play, great play. Um, and I've got to say, the first twenty minutes, it, it was men against boys from Huddersfield's point of view. It just seemed every time they were able to draw in the Lee second rowers. It created space on the flanks, and they were able to to to, to really, um, you know, take full advantage. To be yeah. fair, so um, there was a decent try for Sam Wood in the corner, uh, and then Jermaine McGilvery scored the first of his three tries. And I'm thinking this is going to be one heck of a long afternoon. To be fair to Lee, they did hit back. They scored a try of their own through uh, John Thompson, who had a really good game when he got on the field. Ended up with two tries, did Thompson, and uh, half time twenty points to six. Yeah, that was for. That was a first score at halftime. Second half, Huddersfield started like a house on fire again. Uh, Jermaine McGilvery scores for a second time. He'd had one disallowed just a, a couple of minutes previous. Uh, and then there was this outrageous pass from uh, Gaskell at halfback, which cut out about half. It seemed like it cut out about half the lead team. Strangely enough, on that left-hand side again, where there's been the issues. So uh, Huddersfield took it left. Wood goes in for his second try. Uh, and then... Uh, Lee, to the credit, they did forge a bit of a fight back. Thompson going over for his second try. Uh, Pete's going over for a try, which was 
strange because you, you don't often see uh, charge down tries. They're rarer than hen's teeth, aren't they? You know, so I think I said that in my commentary, to yeah. be fair. Um, but uh, yeah, Pete's put a load of pressure on, ended up going through uh, and scoring. And you're thinking, we have a chance here. They've got a real chance. Unfortunately, that went out of the window when Adam Sidlow found himself in the sim bin for a, a late shot. Mm. And uh, as a as a result, uh, Huddersfield picked the pace up again. McGillivray get over for his hat-trick. Gaskell scored the last try of the game. And, yeah, quite convincing, 36 points to 18. If it wasn't for better goal kicking, that could well have been in the 40s, in all honesty, for Huddersfield. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing as well, they still didn't have uh, uh, Caesar back. So, hopefully, from, from an Huddersfield point of view, uh, that should stand them in good stead going forward. I suppose one thing, uh, if, if you can take a good thing out of it, uh, from a league point of view, I suppose it can concentrate, um, you know, back onto the the, the Super League and, and sort of trying to maintain the place there. You're digging for stuff there, aren't you? You're digging for it, you know. Yeah, let's concentrate on the league. It's the all this cliche in the rugby league, but that isn't it. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We've been knocked out of the cup. Um, this was a real chance for Lee, to be honest, because you're looking at a Huddersfield side that had come into this game having lost the first two games. Admittedly, Ian Watson had said beforehand that they'd only managed to play in two halves of rugby so far this season, including the pre-season. So he was obviously looking for a, you know a much better performance, and he got it. You know, I mean, uh, Gaskell and Cogger were. were quite good at halfback, even though it took them quite some time to get the kicking game going in the game. Um, but yeah, from a from, from a league point of view, there's, yeah, you could be happy with the fight back. Um, and there was a lot of spirit there. Um, but for me, they need to find a way of ensuring that Jordan Thompson and the starting 13 players are on as often as they can, because the backup that the Centurions have struggles a little bit for regular consistency at Super League level. I'm sure that they can raise it, and I'm looking for them to improve as the season goes on. But let's be honest, there's not that many games, is there? Uh, And they've got to start winning and and, and putting some performances together. I know that sounds harsh, uh, but let's be honest, everybody's expecting Lee to get stuff this season anyway. Everybody has been expecting it from day one. Um, so at the moment, they're just being that self-fulfilling prophecy where they're not quite strong enough. They're not quite up to that. They're almost like the, you know, the the, the manly sea eagles of the Super League at the moment. So we, we Centurions, but we don't have a daily Cherry Evans, unfortunately. So um, uh, until we can unearth someone of that sort of quality, we may have uh, a couple more long afternoons like that. So there you go. That's the roundup of the uh, Challenge Cup results for this weekend. Uh, right, moving into our topics. Uh, first thing that sort of, and it happens every week, doesn't it? As soon as we go off uh, the day after the uh, Saints announced they've signed somebody else or somebody else has extended the contract. Well, uh, this time it was Johnny Lomax and we caught up with Johnny uh, to find out uh, what things were all about and uh, how, how it was going with regards to his contract. I'm delighted. I've been at the club for a, for a long time now and you know, to sign that two-year extension is, is great for myself. Uh, Obviously, I've had my ups and downs in the time that while I've been at the club, and it's about me trying to give back as much as I can now for the loyalty in which the, the club showed me and the support the fans give me during that time. Rugby's massive to me; it's always going to be massive to me. But you know, family's always going to be number one as well. And so, for me now, 
you know, it's the kind of having the two within such close proximity, you know, is is fantastic for me. It's a dream come true to be at the club for so long. You know, I've been signed on the the scholarship when I was eleven years old, and you know, this contract will take me up to nearly twenty five year affiliation with with the club is something that you know I'd have probably never dreamed of, and something that probably after you know the two back to back ACLs and which was accumulated in my third overall, it was kind of you know something that I probably didn't know where I was at, and you know, so to be. To now get to potentially finish my career here, even though I think I've got plenty left in the legs, I've probably played more games recently and more time on the training field than I have done in past years. So it's um, it's fantastic to you know still be able to to be here and do what I love and represent the town and the club that I've supported all my life. There you go. That's Johnny Lomax after signing a uh, an extension to his contract. Uh, I'll come to you, Graham, because uh, obviously uh, when it was Johnny's. Uh, uh, Obviously, we got to to meet him a, a couple of seasons back uh, when he was having his his testimonial, his testimonial, uh, and we, yeah. we we sort of uh, give him as much support as ever. Lovely guy, absolutely superb guy, and probably certainly from the beginning of the season, playing absolutely out of his skin. Uh, great news to hear, but also the the other thing, other couple of things that have come up uh, with regards to uh, Farge and Coot as well, uh, what's going to be happening with them. Uh, You've you got any thoughts on that, mate? Yeah, well, first of all, on Johnny, um, we spent quite a bit of time with him uh, over the events, his, his testimony, and he's a, he's a smashing lad, and he's, he's always, um, seems to me, uh, very grateful for the way that the club and the fans have, have supported him through his, uh, his tough years, and he's happy to sign on to the end of his career, effectively. But I look at it from a slightly different point of view there. That the, Two, the two long-enforced um, absences he's had with his injuries might have just um, elongated his career for him. And I think he's, I think he's good to go for another two or three years. We'll be seeing the best of him because he's had uh, enforced layoffs for that length of time. Um, he's not um, himself about it as much. And he, he can well go into his 30s uh, with the level of fitness he's achieved. And I think it's, it, it's terrific news for the club. And um, I think... Uh, I think everybody. I don't. I don't. I haven't heard a bad word about uh, against him um, signing on for four, another effectively four more years. And I think um, it, it's a great move by the club to keep him to keep him locked in, and uh, I think he'll. I think he'll just carry on providing us with um, quality moments, and he certainly is one of the one of the few players providing real quality for us at the moment. I'm delighted he signed on, and um, just looking at the other issues you raised there with Farge and. Um, I think I think Coop's uh, contract's up this year, and I think uh, Farge's contract is up. I think um, I, I know there was something in the press about possibly having to move on, etc. But we've got ready-made replacements in Wellsby and, and Dodd itching and busting the gut to get started, and it, it it is inevitable that players will move. And, and, and I mean, who'd have thought we could replace Ben Barber? Coop comes in. Who would think we can replace replace Coop? Those be stepping up. It, it, it's just the evolution of the club, and I think it's. Uh, whilst you're disappointed to see players move on, if if they do move on, there are equally equal quality equal quality to come through, and I think it's uh, great for the club and and for the benefit of all our supporters that we've got this in place. Mm, Gaz, yeah. I, I know I know we were on about Lewis Dodd not getting enough uh, uh, sort of 
uh, miles under his belt, uh, certainly under oh, end of last season and, and not this season. I know it's still early doors, but obviously uh, Farge, uh, obviously the rumour is that he might be moving on. Uh, and obviously Coote, from, we've heard that uh, he'll possibly be going home at the end. If I'm not sure as well, there's a couple of others. I think, if I'm not wrong, I think Nagama's uh, actual uh, contracts might be up at the end of the season. Not 100% on that. But the other thing is, uh, the big one, which people seem to be missing, uh, is that uh, Christian Wolf has only got to the end of the season as well. And then he'll have to make his mind up. Well, that's not true if the club are going to offer him an extension. But I'd be interested if they didn't. But uh, uh, so a lot of dilemmas early on in, in that respect. What do you think? Is is uh, Bentley one as well? I'm I'm not sure on that. I'm yeah. not sure on that. I was talking about it last week. Um, um, it's an interesting one. Um, I think I, I I would I would do everything I could to get Coop to be one more year, uh, um, if we could, because I know he, had, he didn't have his greatest game um, the other day, but Coop's been sensational for us and. And pivotal at a time when the other two halves haven't thought. I mean, I thought on the Leeds game, Farge went back to type and um, did next to nothing. Um, so, but I'm a bit again. I think you know it's all about money and salary cap, isn't it? And um, and, and 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 if you could keep Farge's but on the right deal, again, I think they've got to, We've got to evolve now to at some point this season Dodd becoming that. Becoming that seven, but you could do with three, couldn't you? Uh, you know, if one of them, Johnny Lomax goes down, you've got Farges. Farges can also play nine. Um, so, if you could get Farges on the right deal, maybe keep him too. But Bentley's essential, I think, mm. um, that we don't lose him. And I think Bentley's good and well, I think he will be good enough for Australia. He's certainly tough enough. Uh, which is for me the first criteria. You've got to be tough enough and then good enough. Um, and I think Bentley's certainly tough enough, so we should try and keep him. Wolf, I think for Wolf, I think he'd only go if he gets an Australian club that wants him. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure they will. Yeah. I'm not sure they will. They were screaming about Albrook by now in his in his last. You know, he'd already gone by now, hadn't he? It was already done ish. Uh, but Wolf, I don't know. I don't know if we go on, if we romp Super League. I think at the end of the day, if Wolf gets an Australian deal that's good, he'll go like yeah. they all do. I don't know if there's any chance of him saying, "Oh no, I'm going to be loyal and do another year at Saints." Come on, uh, he's going to go, isn't he? Um, I'm not sure that deal will come for him though. Um, and a bit unlike Oldbrook, this is I'm really harsh. This, but if he goes, he goes. Mm. You know what I mean, I, I, Oldbrook was I was heartbroken to see Oldbrook go, but another part of me was like. Thanks for everything. You've been incredible. Um, Wolf, got to get another Wolf, won't we? Uh, I know it's a bit harsh, that. But um, we're a great squad. You know, we're, not, we're not that hard to make, are we? Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I can't get excited about whether Wolf goes or not. But I'd love, I want to, but priority wise, I definitely want to keep Bentley and, and I'd do everything I could, beg Coop to do another year. Because I think as good as well as we've been coming forward, in the early weeks, and he has. I think defensively, he's still yeah. he's still learning if he's ever going to be that full. Yeah. And Nagama, he, Nagama, we can replace Nagama. Uh, that might be Wellsby goes out there for a year, or we, you know, mm. sign Jake Wardle. That'd be good. 
Stay your thoughts. Well, if there's any doubt about whether Christian Wolf is going to be staying next year, then who is making these decisions on extending these contracts mm-hmm. for people like Lomax? And uh, we had Warnsley last week and one or two others. I think we had um, Wingfield and Sim as well last week. Mm-hmm. So, and there's talk, as Gaz has just said, uh, of, of Bentley, Regan Grace being next off. If he's, if he's off, then I'm not too comfortable with who is making these decisions. So that makes me think maybe he's not quite ready to be uh, departing. On Lomax... Um, I mean, I hope Graham's right and he, he does last until, you know, 2024. But this lad's had two ACLs um, and we, I think, at the moment, rely on him far too much uh, in our attack. He's, he's overworked. He's the most overworked player in the, in the team for me. Um, he's got no help at most of the time in terms of the attack. Um, so, will he last till 2024? I'm not sure. But any time you've got players getting new contracts, inevitably, the salary cap sport, you're going to have questions asked about others, but someone else has to either take a cut or, or be moved on. And that person this week in the in the on the rumour mill uh, apparently is, is Theo Farge or, or Lachlan Coote as you as you've mentioned. Now I don't I don't think we should if Lachlan Coote is going and that's his decision then that, that we have to deal with that and you know and handle it when it comes but I don't think we should be kind of you know happy and uh, you know enthused about that prospect. I think if Jack Wells be taken over from, from Lachlan Coote now we've got a problem because he's not on the same level for me. Yeah. But without, without youngsters, we've got a good crop of youngsters. But what we always do, we've done the same with Bentley, same with Wellesby, same with Morgan Knowles, is we've, we've decided because we win stuff that they're superstars now and they're not. They've got a long way to go. If you take the senior players out of this team, these lads would struggle. I'm telling you, they would struggle. They're not all that they're you know cracked up to be mm. for me, a lot of them. So we need to think hard, hard, long and hard about our recruitment. Um, but for now, Lomax is one of my most important players. So obviously to tie up now is, is, is probably a good move. I'm just not sure about the length of, of the contract. Yeah, so there you go. That's uh, signing on extension for Johnny Lomax. We'll keep an eye on obviously all those other uh, uh, sort of issues as they unfold. Because they're going to have to because uh, as we said, to get towards... Uh, at uh, the end of the season, uh, we'll, we'll be looking at uh, if things are going to change for those players as well. Uh, right, Daddle Powell, we knew he was leaving Castleford and we found out during the week that he's going to take over at Warrington and uh, Warrington head coach Steve Price has welcomed the appointment of Castleford's Daryl uh, Powell as his successor, describing him as a great acquisition. The Wolves revealed on the eve of the season that Price will be taking his family back to Australia when his contract runs out at the end of the season. Uh, and on Tuesday, they announced that Powell will take over from 2022 on a three-year contract. It's a great acquisition for our club, said Price. He's built a strong reputation in the British game over the past eight years, especially at Castleford. It's great the club has got on the front foot, so everyone is clear about 2022. And most importantly, the players have an understanding on where they will be too. He's well-respected coach in the game. Uh, and they're looking forward to him coming over to Warrington. Parker, uh, we've got to see it. Uh, Powell, good fit for Warrington? Possibly. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I, I'm, I'm quite happy that they're going for a British coach, in all honesty. The, you know, the last couple of guys that they've had in charge have been Australian, haven't they? And, mm. um, you know, there was some talk and some rumours about whether... Uh, you know, they might turn uh, and appoint internally 
you know, Lee Breeze has been there, done a, a long apprenticeship now as a, as a coach. Andrew Henderson's there as well as a as a number two and an assistant. So um, he seems to be making a lot, a lot of a lot of noise with uh, sort of where he's going with his his coaching career. And you know, I, I wish him all the best with that. But yeah, I think that this is a good move really for, for Daryl as well because uh, he needs to refresh. You know, he's he's been over and and, and he's done it in Yorkshire. You know, he, he's gone Featherstone, Castleford. He needs a big job. Um, but as we've said with everybody, when you get a big job, expectations rise on you as yeah. well. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see about uh, what sort of recruitment that he can do, uh, what sort of state that Warrington salary cap is going to be in. I know we joke on this show about, you know, it's an ever-expandable situation potentially with the Warrington salary cap, but um, uh, the the they do have to adhere by the rules like anybody else. Um, and I'm sure that they have players who are coming out of contract and decisions will have to be made. And I'd also be quite interested to see whether or not he actually goes back to Castleford for a couple of those um, you know, players. There's been this continuous rumour about Daryl Clark testing himself in the NRL. Will he go this time? Will he approach Castleford for Paul McShane? Because he's worked with him for a good number of years. Um, you know, um, we, we could end up not asking the question, is Truman playing for Castleford this week, but is Truman playing for Warrington this week? You know, so um that that's another one, you know, that could could come into the mix. So I'm I'm yeah, I think that Warrington fans should be quite excited by it really. And I think a, a certainly a a focused Daryl Powell, uh and one that's sort of up there and you know, thinking, right, I've got a new club at the helm and, and whatever. I think that that is uh, you know. Hungry Daryl Powell, and yeah. that'll make for hungry like the wolf. Hungry like the wolf. Oh, I like that. Wait, you were to hear first. TM here on Thirteen Pro Am. Uh, just going to the to the chat board. Uh, we've had a little bit of a hiccup with the chat board today because it's gone out on the uh, we've gone out on the wrong channel, but we've managed to get uh, the guys back on the back online. So we've got Ian says I think Powell will be good for Wire. He, he should be able to bring the best out of them. And just going back to our, our last uh, sort of talk about Johnny Lomax and, and Farge, etc. Norm says, I think Farge will go. Uh, sorry to see him go, but I think that the salary cap, uh, that's the salary cap. Uh, happy to let Coote and Kevin go and replace with youth. They have done well, but getting heavy-legged. Uh, I do think we need to sign a fullback with pace. This will give options at fullback and cover us half with Wellsby. Bentley is good, but needs to develop an offensive passing game. Uh, worth keeping, but not breaking the bank for. Mm, that's interesting. So uh, keep your thoughts coming. Uh, Steve, going back onto the the, the Powell and, and Warrington, uh, mm-hmm. will it make it their year? That's what we've got to know. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody could do that, could you? Let's be, <laughs> let's be honest. It's been so long now. Obviously, it's been about 65 years. Something it's a like tough, that. Jo- tough job, that. Very tough job. Um, I've spoken to a couple of Warrington fans on social media who are not too happy about this. And that surprised me a little bit because mm. I think he can handle a big job. We shouldn't forget that he did coach at Leeds That's right. uh, many, many moons ago in the midst of time. And I think he was moved upstairs rather prematurely mm. uh, at Leeds and he was doing a fairly decent job. Uh, so I don't think Warrington will be too big for him. And I think he's an older and wiser coach now than he was then. I think he has, as Dave says, um, gone a bit staler at Castleford. He's not been great in the last couple of years, which is probably what's worrying the Warrington fans. Um, because they're probably thinking you're only as good as your last game, sort of thing. And he hasn't been, the team hasn't been brilliant over the last couple of seasons. But um, if if you get, can get that uh, energy back and be enthused about his job again and 
you know, get everyone playing for him. I think Warrington will do. Uh, I'm not going to tip them to win it because that's just ridiculous. But <laughs> um, they'll be a lot better, a lot more uh, formidable opponents, I think, with Dow Powell in charge because they've always played an open game anyway. They've, they've got that open style of rugby that everyone sort of likes to watch. He will add to that uh, and he'll bring in, maybe he will go back to Casford and, and, and bring a few players uh, who played that style for him when it was successful in 2017 and, uh, and try and improve that way. I think he'll be a success. I think it, I, when he arrives, I think uh, Warrington will be a genuine top 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 three contender. Mm. I think this year they're treading water a bit. They all look like they're not playing for yeah. for Steve Price, and I can see that situation coming to a head sooner rather than later. Mm, interesting, uh, Graham uh, Powell to Castleford. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Powell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can really confuse me then. Right? <laughs> will, will he go back for Danny Richardson? <laughs> I, th- I can see him going back for one or two. Um, I think it's, I think it's, he's got, I don't know what the situation is at Warrington with but the likes of Widip and Austin at all, and they, they may not have room to bring in a new scrum half or a new stand-off if, if those lads are on contract. But I think one thing you can um, uh, see in Daryl Powell, that he does get the best out of players, and he gets... More out of players who you didn't think had it. As um, I won't go as far as saying he can polish yeah. turds into diamonds or whatever, but I will say that um, I think he can, and certainly done it in the past with a few. Um, but whether he can turn diamonds into turds is another matter, and I think you might be able to do that with um, one or two there at Warrington. But it, it, it depends how it depends how he's taken to by the. The squad, but that's a big squad, and that's a lot of egos in that squad. And whether he can he can deal with it, or he'll just turn it into an explosion. Um, I like the way he plays. I like, I've always liked the way Castle to play. I think he's got a good. Um, but I can equally, as Steve says, I can see why one or two Warrington fans might not be happy about it. Um, that first season will be really important. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Gaz, your thoughts? Uh, I'm just wondering whether if he wants to shake up the uh, the Warrington team. He should set Ryan Sheridan with him because that would frighten anybody, I'll tell you now. He's not allowed off the nine anymore, is he? <laughs> <laughs> he can only be able on for the first half. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, um, I, I read a rumour this week that Albrook's coming in for Clark, which I found incredibly amusing, and I hope he pulls that off. That would be marvellous. Um, but Daryl Powell might get Clark to stay um, one thing I've always said about Daryl Paul and I've said it on the show a number of times is, and this year's been the exception he normally, sign, he, he normally signs mm. good players 
that you weren't even you didn't even like a bit like Graham said you did like Matt Meekins of the world and Luke Gales of the world yeah um, that suddenly become superstars and Denny Solomona who went to Union and stuff like that like real gems It'd be interesting to see what he does with the budget because uh, he will have a bigger budget at Warrington <laughs> all joking aside he will um, so um, so yeah it'd be interesting I think he's big enough for the club. Gaz has just gone a, a little airwall at the moment. But yeah, I agree, he is big enough for the club. I I, uh, I, th I think it's a good, interesting move. And like Dave said before, I think uh, the fact that uh, it's an English coach getting a, one of the bigger jobs, that is that is something I'm uh, uh, well pleased with in that respect. Right, moving on, that's Powell going to Warrington. Then London, not going to Toulouse. And this is part of our polls, the because uh, obviously we, mm -hmm. we brought this at the beginning of the uh, of the show, and we've got London Broncos. Uh, they've hit out at the football or the rugby football league chiefs after being offered to forfeit points for refusing to fly to France for Toulouse's fixture due to COVID restrictions. The Londoners' refusal to play the round two fixture on Saturday week has resulted in their opponents being awarded a twenty four nil win. And the RFL said the Broncos will also be referred to its compliance department for alleged off-field misconduct. The ruling has prompted a war of words between the two clubs, with London arguing they are being treated differently to the rest of the clubs. Uh, the Broncos said they've offered to reverse the fixture while Toulouse claimed they offered to pay for a charter flight to enable their opponents to fly in and out of the city on the day of the game and to cover the cost of the Covid tests. London chairman David Yu said the RFL made the decision that our club should travel to France on the basis of being full-time and that our competitors are playing for the same prize of promotion to Super League for the 2022 season do not have to travel due to being part-time. We feel that this does sorry we feel this doesn't create a level playing field within our competition and brings into question of the integrity of the competition altogether if we are having to adhere to different criteria. Now, from my point of view, as, as much as I agree with what uh, David Hughes is saying, I totally agree with him, but he should have sorted all this out at the beginning of the season because that's when the rules were, were set. Uh, Steve, your thoughts on it? Well, it's a difficult one. I'm kind of a little <clears throat> bit on the fence on this one, unfortunately. It's hard, it's, it's hard to really know what the right call is because, as you say, there is an argument to be made there um, that he that he should have or the club should have, you know, raised this at the time. When I saw this story at the time, and they said London were the only team going to go to France, um, that was the plan. I, my first thought was exactly that. Mm. Hang on a minute, are London accepting that? Is that going to be, or is this going to go off in a couple of weeks' time? And lo and behold, it's gone off in a couple of weeks' time. Now they may have said something behind closed doors that I don't know about. That you know, words may have been had. And they may not have been able to resolve it, and they've just gone through it and gone ahead and forfeited the game from London. So I feel for them a little bit in that respect, but I do agree with you. They should have fixed this up, you know, when when it was announced in the first place. But I do think the point about competitive integrity. I think any time you've got one team in the league that's full time professional and the rest are not, then you haven't got competitive integrity anywhere for a kickoff straight away, straight off the bat. So that's kind of flawed. The other thing is, I think they slightly undermine their argument to London when they say that uh, 
you know, they're not they're not arguing that they shouldn't go. What they're saying is everybody else should go. Mm. Now that's problematic because he David David Hughes he just he he pointed out that it would be oh he claimed that it would be easy for the players and staff at other clubs to get a few days off work to do, to cope with the quarantine when they go when they come back from from France if they were to go. Um, I don't think it's that straightforward. Not everyone could just get three or four days off um, at the drop of a hat. Some people maybe, if you work for David Hughes's um, company, maybe you can, but I don't think everybody is in that fortunate position. Uh, so I, th- I think that was flawed. Um, and it's just a bit of a mess, isn't it? But I, I generally, at a general point, no, I do not agree with clubs, you know, deciding, you know, to forfeit fixtures and mm-hmm. just, just refusing to travel. It should have been sorted out well before this week. Yeah. What does our poll say at the moment, Steve? Well, I can tell you, actually, the poll's just closed. Mm. And it's really close, which reflects, I think, the difficulty in this in this debate. Fifty-two uh, percent uh, say yes; they're right to refuse to travel. Forty-eight percent say no; they're not. That is close. That's pro- in fact that's got closer since the the start, hasn't it? Mm. Yeah. So that's. I think it's about the same. Yeah. 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 Gaz, uh, your thoughts on that? I missed the beginning because we're still having Wi-Fi issues, as you've just re- seen. Um, is this a, is this a fixture for this week? Uh, it will be, I think. Yeah, yeah. It should have been. Yeah, should have been. So they've basically forfeited the game. Yeah, twenty-four nil. They will have lost it. That's what yeah, it I mean. Us. I mean, can could they even could they even go? What's the situation? We don't. We're all waiting for this green, amber, red thing to come through. What's France? Red, amber, green. So. <laughs> You know, do they have to stay in a hotel for 10 days when they come back? France is not in a good state on COVID right now uh, at all. Um, so I think they're right not to go, uh, to be honest, um, and protect their own club. Mm. And if that's two points, it's two points. But, you know, I think as it is right now, to take a, to take a full squad of London players to southern France, nah, no. I wouldn't do it. Parquet, your thoughts, mate? Again, I'm a bit on the fence because I can see it from all angles, really. You know, the rugby league has to be seen to be, um, you know, the, the arbitrator in all this, don't they? And have to come up with the, the punishment because ultimately it is a punishment. You've got a club that's saying, we're not going. I can understand London's stance, although I could understand it more if they'd gone more on the COVID side rather than the whole point of the competitions against us because of this and that and the other, which just smacks of they don't want to go. Um, they've got a weaker squad this year of London Broncos. It's been shown they got beat by 42 points by Halifax just a couple of weeks ago. Are they running scared? Uh, they know that they've had, you know, Mr Hughes' backing for a good number of years. He's put a lot of, lot of money, a lot of care, a lot of attention has gone into that club. They're now producing players. It's a very young squad, this one. Are they actually thinking they were going to get tated yeah. over in France you know is there a bit of is there a bit of running scared in all of this I don't want to you know just ju- ju- just jump in on that but it's something to consider I think with regards to it all although I can see where they're coming from and if they've gone down that Covid route everything that Gaz has said we don't know what the state of, yeah. of the of Europe is at the moment we know that they've had problems with getting vaccines out there so let's be honest this Covid is not going away you know, we, we are in a fortunate position now in this country because of how hard various people have worked in the, the NHS and the various, you know, companies and, and the fact that we've now got vaccines going, there's, there's regular testing. 
what's it like on the continent? We don't know. Yeah. So if they'd gone down that route and said, we're not going because of the current situation, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I have no problem with that. But it's when they start to talk about competition integrity when they're a full-time team, just like Steve said. Uh, because well, let's be honest, you've got to jump on other teams in a lot of ways if you're full-time. And I can see why the rugby league said at the start of the season that they would have to go. Because you can you can isolate as a full-time team. You can put things in place. Let's be honest, there's a lot of um, you know rugby league players now that are personal trainers or the teachers or they're in education and that. So any of these type of games has to be really planned into the calendar. Yeah. You know, you sometimes can't just walk out. Um, I, I know, I know Steve made that point of maybe you can in Mr. Hughes's company and he's forgotten, you know, how the other half live potentially in rugby league. But um, yeah, uh, I feel a bit sorry for Toulouse in a way because... Yeah. You know, they're, they're stuck with this and they're not going to be able to play anybody at home, are they? And yet they're making the sacrifice for coming over here and playing in this competition. However, that's what they wanted. Mm. They, you know, I, w- I would also say, well, if you're going to look at it that way, you need to become a full time member of the RFL, you know, and you yeah. need to have those voting rights. You don't, you can't just pick and choose. We've got too many clubs. This was the whole issue with Toronto, they weren't a member of the RFL. Mm. This is an issue with Catalan. They're not a member of the RFL. They're invited to play in this competition. To lose are exactly the same. So at the moment, they've got to play by whatever rules are. are but I can see all the sides, yeah. and, and I'm sort of talking myself into several different arguments here at the same time. So I'm going to shut up now. Gaz? Yeah, I just wanted to. I'm, like Dave said, we don't know what's going on in France, but we do know. You know, they're back in lockdown in, in, in Paris, they're, they're nowhere near. No, but what I'm going to say now is a bit contradictory actually on myself, but point one is they're nowhere near where we are. You know, how safe is it to go to France? It really, it would concern me immensely. But point two is, aren't Catalan playing at home this weekend? Which sort of counters that. Mm. You know, it's okay. I can't, it's okay for, hang on, let me consult my notes. It's okay for Salford to go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> However, it's not okay for London to go. So, so that there is a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a counter there, isn't there? That, yeah. You know, Catalan just down the road from Toulouse, not too far, are playing at home this weekend, and Salford are going. So London, but back to my initial point, which Dave was right, is purely a COVID point. Mm. Is it safe? Yeah. Um, and on that one, for two points, combined with Dave's point about they might get pasted anyway. I'd just set the three points, but, I, but, I, but I'd just I'd, I'd go down the COVID route. But it is quite interesting when, yeah, when when Catalan are playing this weekend. Yeah, Graham, want to bring you in? Yeah, I just said I'm not on the fence here. If you're a professional team, you've been offered you've been offered a charter flight to a COVID secure stadium and, and and in and out on the day. Go and do your jobs. Just go and do it. I'm not I'm not having any excuses. Um, certainly, I agree with the lads about the. the if they've gone the COVID route, fine, but not the inequality and unbalancing of the league. They're professionals. They've been offered the opportunity to do it in a COVID-secure um, manner. So go and do it. Go and play. Go and play the game. If it's good to talk, but it can go. They can go. Why can't they go? Right, Norms, Norms uh, on the chat board, he says, uh, points for and against regarding London. London knew the rules at the start of the season. 
that said, you can't have different rules for different clubs in the same competition. Just like Steve said, I said, where do you draw the line uh, with this? He said, should part-time clubs get a start against full-time clubs or maybe a five-point try? <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm, I'm sure London would vote for that one, wouldn't they? Yeah. So there you go. That's London. Uh, sort of just about getting the nod to say they were okay from our poll point of view. But uh, we as a panel are certainly sitting on the fence because we can see it from all different angles. Uh, So that's London not going to Toulouse, but is Andrew Fafita coming to Wakefield? This was one. When I read this, it was uh, a little bit, not tongue-in-cheek, because we we discussed this last week on our sister show uh, at 13 Pro-Am because uh, Andrew hadn't been getting a game uh, at at Cronulla. Uh, He's lost quite a bit of weight. He's looking quite trim, uh, but he's not flavour of the day. So uh, we just jokingly said it would possibly end up over here. Uh, but from what I can gather and what, what I've seen written is that his brother actually announced this on the coach going back from the Talkley Wicked Stadium after uh, the game uh, at the weekend. So uh, it would be a, a bit of a coup. And I know they're trying to offload uh, uh, various other players so they can fit him in on, on the uh, on the cap. Parky, what do you know about it? Uh, not too much other than what I've read, to be mm. in all honesty. Uh, I think it's an interesting one because uh, he was being linked with a move to St. George Illawarra a couple of weeks That's ago. That's right, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know that they're, they, they've just they they've just announced the signing of a, a prop forward today. We'll pick that up tomorrow when we do our Australian show. But, um, yeah, <laughs> I do feel that it, it's a real odd one. And I especially like the fact, you know, that at the moment, Wakefield aren't at the races at all. Chris Chester's under all kinds of pressure. They've only won something like 10 of the last 30 games uh, or less. So at the moment, they're they're in relegation form, aren't they? They're they're definitely going nowhere, not very quickly either. So I think, uh, you know, the fact that big brother (laughs) says, it's all right. I t- our kids coming over. He'll sort everything out. I just, I just kind of like love that, but I find it quite bizarre at the same time. But yet, knowing rugby players like I do, they will have actually said something like that. So I can, as as daft as it sounds, it's quite plausible that obviously you know David Fafita's been there and said, you know what, our kids coming over, he'll get it sorted, no problem. I, I know I'm always slipping into a Mancunian accent there, aren't I? And doing like you know, I can you know, I can all sort it. <laughs> I, I get this vision of David Fafita sat on the back seat of the coach on the way back down the M62 to Wakefield, having a couple of cans of beer. And says, "Hey lads, I've got one for you." <laughs> and like, What's that, Dave? Well, our oh, kids, our oh, kids just been on. He's coming. He wants to come over to Wakefield. Uh, I don't know whether you guys think about it, Steve. Uh, to be fair, if he if he did come, it would be good to see because he is a good player. I mean, there's no if and buts about it. And it would be good for the league, certainly. Mm. I think it'd be good for, for Wakefield, potentially, because he is a player, as you say, of some, some pedigree. Uh, I think he was, a, he was a test player at one point. He was a very, very, very right, good yeah. player in the NRL for spell. As you say, I've not seen him recently because he hasn't been playing much for uh, Cronulla, but I think he would certainly add something. But my doubts remain because Wakefield have got enough problems with the Fafita that they've got. Uh, if this guy is anything like David, they've got big problems. Remember the problems they had last year with David refusing to wear his GPS vest and all those things. Um, for me, you get the two of them together, that could be problematic. Um, and I also don't think he by himself, anyway, would be enough to yeah. get away from the slump that Dave has just described. They are, at the moment, worse than terrible, and they need 
a little bit more. And if they were to bet the whole of their salary cap on this one player, I think that would be uh, it would make Greg English signing look like a, a shrewd, you know, investment. This is what the, uh, the actual uh, piece was that I read. It says, Andrew Fafita is on the verge of a shot move to Wakefield Trinity. Dave Fafita, the twin brother of the Tongan and Australian international, informed the Wakefield teammates of the news on the court shown from Wakefield's Challenge Cup defeat to the Catalan Dragons. Uh, a deal is thought to have been finalised, but Wakefield are understood to be very confident of securing a deal and are likely to try and off- offload Cook Island international Adam Tangata to free up the move. Personally, I think Wakefield's best move is to get rid of both of those Fafitas and bring the other David Fafita in. Then they've possibly got a chance. Uh, Graham, what do you think? I agree with that point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I kind of more what Steve said there. It doesn't make any sense that they've got enough problems to bring somebody else into the the boat. So, um, as strange as it may seem, I think it's a bad idea, but. Dave said it could well happen. <laughs> Gaz, any thoughts? I don't think it's a bad idea. I think if they've got any opportunity again, Andrew for Peter, they should snatch it. He's far better than anything they've got. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think it'd be a proper you know, coup for them to, to secure him. Uh, but they just need to, you know, somehow try and manage manage them, yeah. manage the pair of them. Um, and it might actually, you know, you could look at it positively. It might have a positive effect on David. Mm. Um, when he's on it, he's good, isn't he? Mm. You know, you, I know he's all comes with loads of issues, but when he is on it, he's good. Um, so, no, if I was, if I was a Wakefield, if I was a Wakefield fan, I'd be praying this happens. Yeah, and I'd love to see him over in Super League. Yeah, it'd be great. And if he was really, really good, then he can join a proper club next year. <laughs> That's if what that's if Warrington wants him. Uh, I think it also depends on what what are you giving up to get him as well. Yeah. If it's only well, yeah, Tangata, yeah. if you're saying the only person leaving is Tangata to make room for him, then that's obviously an upgrade. But I think it's gonna be a bit more expensive than yeah. that and they may have to make a few other kind of cutbacks. As they say. Yeah. So there you go. That's the uh <clears throat> Two for feeters for the price of one at uh, Wakefield. Uh, moving on, the Challenge Cup draw. Uh, that was made, obviously, at the weekend as well. Uh, at the half-time of the second game, I believe. Uh, and it came out as Old FC will take on Wigan Warriors. Castleford Tigers will take on Salford Red Devils. Catalan Dragons will take on Warrington Wolves. And St. Helens will take on Uddersfield Giants. Uh, the quarterfinals are scheduled to be played as two double-headers on Friday, May the 7th and Saturday, May the 8th, on neutral grounds with Sky Sports to televise two ties on Friday. Try saying that after a couple of beers. And BBC to televise two the following day. Uh, some tasty ones in there. I must admit, the LFC versus Wigan Warriors one really does uh, tickle me taste buds. Steve? Uh, yes, I agree. I, I, that was the uh, obviously the obvious tie around this one. I think uh, with Hull, because of the, the start they've made to the season, uh, if they want to go out and prove that they are the real deal, but then on you go, go and beat Wigan in the Challenge Cup. Because Wigan, you know, they will take that very seriously. Wigan are not only the team, but the fans are obsessed with the Challenge Cup. Mm-hmm. I remember going to Wembley. Um, every time I've been to Wembley, in fact, there's always hordes of Wigan fans there, whether their team's there or not. They love it. They're all about the Challenge Cup. 
So if you can go and not, not win it out of the Challenge Cup, then for me, you are you are the real deal. So we'll, it'll be fascinating to see if Hull can actually do that. We'll see if they have arrived or is it just another Hull false dawn. Yeah. Um, so that'll be fascinating. I think Saints draw, I'm happy with that because I think Huddersfield got a poor start. Uh, even though we've been a bit, uh, you know, hit and miss at times, I think we'll have too much for Huddersfield. If that game was being played now, you'd, you'd fancy Saints certainly. Obviously, there's a month to go before it is played, so things might have changed by then. But as things stand, yeah, certainly fancy Saints to uh, to get through. And it's very important that we do get through because, as everyone knows, we haven't won the Cup for, for 13 years now. So, uh, desperate to get back to Wembley and, and, and win the Cup. Hopefully, uh, if we do get back there, we'll be able to... Uh, have some fans in there. Mm, yeah, Graham. Yeah, I think um, certainly in four weeks' time, three of those games could well be uh, in the balance 50-50 games. And I think the only one I'd, I'd rather fancy is, um, is it Cass versus Salford? Have I got that right? Yeah, Cass versus Salford. Yeah. yeah. I think that, that's, the, that's the, the easiest one that looks on paper. I think all the others could be could be in, in four weeks' time. Uh, real three 50-50 games. I quite like... Um, I, I quite like the fact that uh, Warrington are going to Catalan. Is that going to be played at Catalan? No, no, not, they're, they're not on a neutral, neutral no. venue. Yeah. Neutral ground, sorry, yeah. I missed that first bit of wobbly, wobbly Wi-Fi. Um, but I think they, the way Catalan's playing, they've, got a certain, they've certainly got a um, chance against Warrington. And I, I do think we'll have sorted ourselves out in, a, in, a four, in four weeks. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with our draw, as Steve says. Um, it could have been worse, but I do like the whole winning game. That's going to be a cracker. Mm. Uh Gaz? I was delighted. <laughs> delighted. Hull v Wigan, absolutely delighted. I'm just praying that Reynolds and Sneed are fit for that game. Yeah. So if I think if you've got Connor, Reynolds and Sneed at Hull, Wigan will go out, which is great. Um, if they're injured, different ball game. Um, Cass, Salford, I think Cass. I was also delighted with Catalan v Warrington. Um, which I think Catalan every chance will come through I, that. I agree with that. Um, and I can't say I was delighted about us getting Huddersfield, but if you look at those eight clubs, then it was a, it, it's a it's a decent draw. I don't think we can be complacent with Huddersfield, especially if um, if Caesar's back. Mm. Um, but if we turn if you know if we turn up anywhere like and do a proper job. Then we should come through that tie. Um, so yeah, so I, I was pleased um, with Huddersfield, although I wouldn't want to be complacent. But I was more pleased with Hull v Wigan and Catalan v Warrington, which mm. I thought were great draws. Yeah, Parky. Uh, obviously, the Hull FC versus Wigan what is one it is a tasty one. And as Gaz said, if Reynolds and and Sneed are back, uh, it, it possibly swears it, it does sway in, in uh, favour. But the other, I would have thought by that time. Uh, do you think uh, Bevan French would be uh, back for the uh, for the pies? How long's a piece of string? Mm. Nobody's really talking about Bevan, are they? You know, the uh, virtually every press conference there's a question about Bevan French, and it's always like he's nearly back. He's nearly back. It's getting like Greg English, to be honest. Mm. He's, I'm sure the Lamb's just got this repeat repeat button, which he just keeps pressing, just saying that he's going to be there. Uh, some good ties. Some I've got to say, some some excellent potential ties. Yeah. Hull must be fed up playing Wigan in the Challenge Cup, though. Yeah. Wigan mm. do have that Challenge Cup pedigree, like yeah. you say. You know, I mean, they, they, they obliterated them last year. I know we're not taking into effect the Hodgson factor or the Reynolds factor mm. or the Connor 
at full back factor, but you know, um, they've got a they've got a nasty habit, Wigan, of winning these type of games, haven't they? You know, when it push comes to shove. So um, I wouldn't back against them if I was a betting man, which I'm not. So maybe I should back uh, Hull all the way then in that case. Um, uh, yeah, Castleford and Salford. I think that'll be an underrated tie. That to be honest, mm. uh, but I think the, the more interesting thing is that they're going to be playing on neutral venues. So where are they going to be? Is St. Helens going to get rolled out again? Is it going to be Halliwell Jones or is it going to be over the other side of the Pennines and be at Leeds? Because it's probably going to be at one of those three, isn't it? Because that's where nearly all of the neutral venues have been. Uh, so in that case, it's who travels best. Um, we've, we've already heard, you know, Graham say before about, um, you know, chartered flights and the like. Obviously, that's what Catalans are doing. So, in a lot of ways, that's just like getting on a bus, isn't it? And yeah. going two hours to Hull, you know, for example, which is what Richard Marshall was talking about, jumping on a plane to go to Catalans this time. He says, oh, it's no big deal. It's like two two hours on a plane rather than getting on a coach. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like those ties. I like all of them. I think that mm. potentially there's four really good games there and, and Ultimately, when your own team's been knocked out and you don't really care about the cup for another season, <laughs> <laughs> you just want four decent games when it gets to the quarterfinals. Dave, do you happen to know, given that we're playing Super League games at, at, at clubs' own venues now, what is the rationale for playing quarterfinal ties on neutral territory? Probably because they want to do double headers. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So rather it's TV. Than, so it's, I think it's a TV decision, I think. TV, yeah. yeah. You're just going to have to have one set up on one dismantle rather than going to four different venues and having four different TV crews, four different, you know, uh, commentary crews going to different places. So I think that's purely on a on a finance point of view, probably dictated by the BBC, actually, because they'll be looking at saving as much money as they can, won't yeah. they, given all these strange, weird and wonderful times what we're in. I, I wouldn't be surprised now, obviously, Leeds are not out that it might not be at Edinley for, for both games, for the Friday and the, and the, obviously the Saturday, because cause obviously they're used to hosting this type of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, t- type of situation. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. It takes well. out the argument about a team playing at home, doesn't yeah, it, straight yeah, away, course, because yeah. they're not yeah. there. Yeah, it, it just makes like a standard, you know, as if you were playing at Bolton or somewhere else like in that sort of sense, and probably a bit on the uh, cheaper side uh, in that respect. So there you go, that's the Challenge Cup draw, uh, which was made at the weekend, and then we're moving also, uh, what was announced during last week, was uh, uh, Sean Wade's uh, World Cup squad, train-on squad, uh, 
that he's going to have them, I'm not sure where they're actually meeting, but uh, he's named, uh, I think it's something like a 35-man squad. Uh, I've been having a look through. Obviously, all the uh, Australian guys' names are in there and all the injured players' names are in there as well because he, he, he says they all can take part in the sense of sort of being in on the meetings, etc., and, and understanding those various types of things. Uh, I, I don't know what you think of the uh, the, the setup. I'll tell you what, Steve, I'll come to you first. Well, yeah, just looking through the squad, I mean, the NRL guys, you expect all them to be named because you know how, what we're like. Anybody who plays in the NRL who's English must be a world-beater and therefore gets an England squad. That's just a fact. Um, but the Super League-based ones, there's some interesting names in there, um, not least of which, Nile Evels, I think, is, a, is an interesting mm. choice. He's not, I don't think he's played for England uh, before. Harry Newman, Alloy is injured, like you said. Ash Handley, who I think we've said in this show, I think Gaz has made the point a few times that Ash Handley is one of the best wingers in the competition now. He's excellent, real, really uh, consistent performer. So he's an interesting um, inclusion. Uh, Tom Johnston as well, we're all waiting to see him play for England, see what he can do in an international um, environment. So yeah, there's a few exciting selections there, along with all the uh, you know, the usual suspects that you'd expect. I don't think there's any major surprise omissions, although somebody else might uh, might notice one I've not picked up on. Mm. Dave? Uh, well, the interesting, the interesting name for me in that whole squad is Don Manfredi. How many games has he played over the last two or three years? Unfortunately, mm. I mean, yeah. as good a player as he is, he's 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 got that Tom Johnston disease, hasn't he? You know, made a balsa wood, I think. Uh, undoubtedly, by the time it rolls round to the internationals, Johnston will be out injured. Don Manfredi will be out injured. So you're two players down. Now, if it's the same argument we've been having with Percival, isn't it? If they can be on the field, then they're an asset and the brilliant players to have in that squad. Johnston scores some unbelievable tries. Don Manfredi, when he's on that field, he's a right hard nut, and I, I always like watching him play. Uh, and it's nice to have a customary later within that squad, you know, so we don't get uh, as much for, as a town these days. So, you know, I, he's got the Lee vote, um, much like the Conservatives before you, you chip in, <laughs> like you usually do. Um, but, uh, yeah. Wall. <laughs> there's not really too many other shocks in that that, that squad for me um, the, Don Manfredi was the, the one which really caught my eye though because I was just thinking is he even going to be Callum Watkins back? a bit of a surprise I'm not sure Callum Watkins yeah, is best back to the um, form he showed at Leeds particularly so I'm a bit surprised to see him in there maybe a little bit yeah I, yeah, I, think, I think so yeah because I mean um I saw him at the weekend play against Widnes and he didn't really stand out. Took a lovely ball from Polly Polly to go in for a try, but he didn't really do much else in the game. Is, um, is Regan Grace not in this squad? Not English. He's Welsh. He's Welsh. Oh, sorry, England squad. Don't go, cla- don't go claiming another one. We, we have all this with like Joe Philbin because he's represented Ireland, hasn't he, already earlier on his but yeah, I'm looking at these injured... I mean, I, I was going to make this point, actually, when Dave made the point that, um, in, in the whole match. But, you know, Manfredi, he's still injured in the hand. Um, uh, Gildart. So, we can, as well as French, at some point, they've got Gildart and Manfredi coming back, which uh, that might be, you know... And I mean, Gildart is an absolute starter if he's fit in the England team, for sure. Um, but yeah, there is quite a few... Um, you know, like you say, injured guys in there, yeah, yeah. Um, Percival, um, yeah, and Callum Watkins, I would agree. I, I, I haven't seen 
anything special from Callum Watkins to warrant him being in that squad. I mean, he could flip that on it said and mention is is um uh who's the guy who's who's the um the Leeds winger is at OKR, the big guy. Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall's what Ryan Hall's on great form, is he? Is he? No. Um you know, he could he could put he could put an argument up right now because what I, what I have seen of Ryan Hall, he's looked really good. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen Manfredi at all, <laughs> like you say. But and I, I was Mickey Mack. <laughs> the other one is it's Jake Connor in there. He doesn't look like it now. No, I've just I've just, I've, I've just had a scan through a couple of times. I can't see Jake Connor in there. No, it's not the list I've got. That no. is a that's a huge admission because. Mm. I mean, he, to me, he's the form player in the league over the first two rounds. Well, three things. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he's on form, he's fit, <laughs> and he's, he's, he's been in there before. <laughs> yes, but if you're talking fullbacks, though, there's a guy called Tompkins who I think Sean Wayne would pick, you know, yeah, I, no I, matter I, what. So perhaps he's just decided not to waste Jake Connor's time by, you know, paying him lip service. Oh, he's been in amazing form this season yeah. so far with mm-hmm. Sam Tompkins. So he, he's there on merit. Um, you know, he's not in the list. Is he? He's in the squad on merit, but is he better than Jake Connor? At the moment, now? yeah. Yeah, this I would say so. Really think? I would say so. At this moment in time, he, he's there and he's he's the man on form. So we've we've accused previous England coaches of just picking by reputation. And to be honest, this guy has as well, hasn't he? Because he's picking He's he's chucking a couple of players in there who aren't regulars on the field at this moment in time. So, um, but looking at it, Dan Sargentson above Jay Jay Connor. Come on, no way, thanks, no way. Have you picked him as more of a centre though? But Jay Connor's a better centre than Dan Sargentson. Josh Griffin's Josh Griffin's a surprise for me as well. You think this is about Jay Connor's? Questionable temperament, perhaps. Mm, possible, possibly. possibly. Can't be about his ability, can it? Really? Well, well, I'll balance that out, Steve. Is that the reason Mickey Mack's not in? Mickey Mack cannot be eligible because if he was, he'd be the first name on the sheet. <laughs> I think Mickey Mack is still Irish, isn't he? Still it? Irish. Still he Irish. Is. Yeah. I think he is. Yeah, he's still drinking Guinness in France, so yeah, that probably yeah. is. So there you uh, go. That, go that, that's the World Cup train on squad. Uh, Ian, a couple of messages in from Ian. Uh, he has said, uh, Percival in the squad. He said, uh, will he have played for us before then? Uh, oh, hey, can I, we just say uh, happy birthday to Ian? It's your birthday this yeah. week. Oh, happy birthday, Ian. All, all the very best, mate. Hopefully it won't be too long before we, if we get to see you. Uh, I'm not singing though, right. Graham. My voice is terrible from a singing point of view. Oh, we all know you're in the mass singing. Leave it alone. You'll be, you'll be fine. Right? I'd... Is it as good as your Manchester accent? <laughs> Does give, it... us a, give us a bit of Wonderwall, Dave. <laughs> just, just before we move on to doing our predictions, I know Parky was uh, a, a message to, on the WhatsApp group about a possible. Uh, breaking signing. Well, Norm Diplums actually just tweeted it in breaking news: the man of the people has just signed for Lee. Uh, yeah, the uh, the emails just come through from the club actually yeah. saying that they've confirmed the signing of Gellin. So let me just click on it because yeah. then I can bring you this breaking news. Uh, who knows how I'll actually say this because when I practice things, it tends <laughs> to go a little bit wrong. But 
Um, and I've got a slow internet connection as well. But yeah, the, the gist of the story that I read earlier about this was Anthony Gelling coming to Lee uh, until the end of the season um, and, and bolstering the outside backs, which, to be fair, they do need some strengthening. So yeah, so it's just loaded up now. So it says, Lee Centurions are pleased to confirm the signing of Anthony Gelling, who will join up with the squad as soon as his quarantine period is over. Gelling 30 is a vastly experienced centre or back row forward. I've never seen him play back row forward, to be honest. Mm. With over 100 Betfred Super League games under his belt. The majority during a successful six-year spell with Wigan Warriors. Uh, and John Duffy said news of Anthony's availability came out of the blue, but things then moved quickly, and I'm delighted to welcome him to the club. He's got plenty of friends amongst our playing staff, and after speaking with them, He's really keen to come and play and can't wait to get started. So, uh, yeah, Anthony Gelling, the man of the people, now back at Lee. He'll be making Twitter videos soon and stuff, won't he? They will. I'll run Lee. He'll be voting Conservative and everything. Gaz, uh, you you think if they get the uh, the guy with the right temperament, they could have a, a, a good buy here, couldn't they? And Anthony, I mean, I, I, again, I just remember how good he was against us last year. Um, he was great against us every time we played them, battered us on on one of the games. So, yeah, he's he's um, if they get him <coughs> anywhere near that version, then it'll probably be a, an improvement for them. Yeah, definitely. Steve, what do you think? Well, he's certainly a great player. Uh, certainly a Super League standards. He 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 was fantastic for for Wigan and Warrington. And certainly improved Lee, I think. Um, but there is obviously a minor drawback. He has an engagement with the uh, judicial system forthcoming, uh, which may throw a spanner in the works. He's in some pretty hot water, so I believe. So, um, you know, if he can get through that, you know, unscathed, it'll be a fantastic signing for Leah. So you're saying he may be going back in quarantine? I'm saying that where he's going, he might not get a vote. <laughs> Graham. <laughs> Graham, good acquisition. Well, a, a fit and firing um, Anthony Gallin is a good player. We've seen him. We've seen him do some damage over the years. Um, it's whether there's a distraction, as Steve says, in the background there. I don't know, but if he gets on the pitch for a for, the, for some part of the season or even the whole of the season, depending on where where he's, where he's fixed with his other issues, it'll be a, it'll be an improvement for him. Absolutely. Mm, I, I agree. I mean, uh, hopefully they get the uh, the Warrington version uh, and. I was going to say I'm not the witness version. To be fair, when he was at witness, and as much as he was up to his antics, he still, for witness, he, 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 he you know, he, he did well. If you looked at the the stats, I think you'll find out he was one of the, uh, you know, the top players throughout the time he was there. Uh, but he was just uh, just a strange dude. But uh, could rugby player when he's on? No ifs and buts about that. So there you go. That's the topics of the week. We're going to move into our fixtures uh, predictions for this next weekend, and they are Leeds Rhinos versus Wigan Warriors, Castleford Tigers take on Lee Centurions, St. Helens play Wakefield, Old Kingston Rovers against Huddersfield Giants, Catalan Dragons and Sulphur Red Devils, and finally, Hull FC versus Warrington Wolves. That should be a good one. Uh, that'll be interesting. I don't think that one's on television either, which is a shame. Uh, right, we'll kick off. We'll we'll start with we'll start with Parky with Leeds Rhinos against Wigan Warriors. Yeah, I think uh, this will depend on if they can manage to name a halfback this week, Leeds. Uh, if they can find halfback somewhere within that squad, uh, and you know, where's where's Kyle Eastman gone? 
Mm. If they can find Kyle, it's like, where's Wally, isn't it? Where's Eastman? Uh, Agar's been using that same repeat button that both Price and Lamb have been doing for their missing players, I think, over the last few weeks. But um, yeah, Is it there can... Fred somewhere? Well, yeah. <laughs> I hope not. They're still meant to be uh, keeping two meters apart, aren't they? <laughs> but yeah, um, I I still fancy Wigan for this one. I, I, I feel like I've turned into a Wigan lover, which is really against you know my being. But not great I for feel no, not. But I feel after you know that whole season where I tipped against them for the full year, and that's the reason why I ended up was it eighth in the tipping competition yeah. which we had that particular season. How, how, uh, does, how does the song go? Wigging lubber man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm going Wigging by ten. Wigging by ten. Stay. Yeah, I agree. To be, to be honest, uh, Leeds are still too banged up in the backs for me. Uh, can't see him troubling Wigging too much. Uh, Wigging by twelve. Wigan by twelve, Graham. Yeah, night clubs are still short, so Wigan by uh, Wigan by twelve. Wigan by twelve, and Gaz. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps—you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I'm, I'm also <coughs> going with it because I don't know who's going to be back for Leeds. And if Gale comes back, that'll make a difference. Um, <coughs> but I'm going Wigan by four. I think it could be tight. I thought Leeds, I thought Leeds played well last week against us. Yeah, and we're better than Wigan, so I'm going Wigan by four. It's mm, interesting. I'm going to go Wigan as well. Although I thought Agar did well to sort of get a performance out of all those forwards, and and you know considering that's how, 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 how <coughs> he sorted his game plan out, and you've got to take your hat off to him in, in in that respect. Right, next one is Castleford Tigers against Lee Centurions. Uh, we'll start with you, Gaz. Um, I'm going cast by twenty. Truman's, I'm not. Truman's playing. I'm not, Truman's playing as well. I was Sky called him as I was reading earlier. Jacob Truman. Jacob. Uh, <laughs> that's Phil. Phil Clark does that, doesn't he? he has this thing about calling da- Daniel Richardson. He's kicking goals. Yeah. Oh, be yeah. yourself, Philip. <laughs> Jake Truman probably just called Jake, and he? he was probably not called Jacob at all. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, so Jake Truman turns up. Um, I'm definitely uh, yeah. Sorry, Dave, but I'm going cast by twenty. I can't see, I can't see it. Graham, I still think there's a winning Lee Centurions coming, um, but not. I don't think it's going to be this week. But not not a thrashing though. I'll go Castleford by ten. Castleford by ten. State. Yeah, sorry, can't see anything other than the Castleford win here. They'd struggled to beat up KR in the cup last week, as we know. But I just think Leah Leah kind of. Struggling a little bit more even than that, so I think cast by 20. 
Parker. Uh, it's historically a terrible ground for Lee Centurions. No, it's uh, just, historically, it's just a terrible ground, trust me. <laughs> I'm not getting involved in any of those conversations. <laughs> You've I, got to go got back, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, they're the Casper fans will lobby in the government to keep, keep the crowds away all season. <laughs> but I'm going Castleford by 26 for that reason. And I just think that at the moment, Lee are still being caught out too much in places where they're a bit naive. Uh, right, we're going to go uh, Saints and Wakefield Trinity. Uh, we'll go to Gaz first. Same again. Uh, 20 again. Saints by 20. Um, and, yeah, hopefully we get a better version of Coot this week. And I'm sure that that's going to happen. It might, whether it, it, We'll get a better version last week, whether it'll be back up to full Coot, because then that might bring another 10 on it. But I'll go Saints by 20. Uh, Steve, come with you. I don't think Saints are going to, uh, uh, you know, running all that hot, really. I think they'll be uh, hopefully a little bit more uh, improved from from last week or two, but uh, not massively. I, I think they'll win by about 16. Wakefield are probably uh, on form. One of the worst teams in it, really. Lee are struggling as well, but Wakefield don't look like getting a win anytime soon. So, yeah, Saints by 16. Uh, Graham. Yeah, I'm going to anticipate the same win by about 16 to 20, but I think it'll be tight for an hour and then we'll, we'll run away with it again. Yeah, and Parquet? I'm going for an overwhelming St. Helens win here. St. Helens by 36. 36. Uh, I'm going to go for Saints, but I don't think it'll be that easy. They're going to have to get the finger out to how they played uh, the other day. Uh, and obviously, depending on how Matty Lees is, uh, whether he'll be available... Uh, and obviously, uh, whether it's the only Metaltia, uh, obviously, uh, uh, Wolfie thinks he, he, he should be, but we'll, we'll wait and see on that. But uh, Wakefield, obviously, first 30 minutes or so, 30 to 40 minutes of a uh, of, of a game, they're, they're, they're not too bad. It's just sort of, and ironically, obviously, Tom Johnson goes off and everything falls to one side. So hopefully, if he's playing, well, I say hopefully, if he's playing, if he is playing, then we've got to keep an eye on him because at some point he's going to uh, you know, catch somebody else or he's going to be able to stay on the pitch long enough to catch somebody else. But I do think there were Saints, but I think it'll only be by 12 points. Yeah, I don't think we'll go for the uh, clothesline strategy. Maybe, uh, <laughs> some of the other clubs, yeah. yeah. Well, that's famous last words, that, Gaz. <laughs> you guarantee, you know, you've said that. Someone will get sent off for a high tackle on him, won't they? <laughs> Just right. on that game before we move on from my, yeah, but, from my we're not on TV, are we? So this is the um, now we're, we're, we're on our you're on our league and obviously it's this home game. So if you're a season ticket holder, you, yeah, you I'm can, a three time season ticket holder, but you, uh, you, you can watch it more than three times. But I, better, I better start trying to work that out tomorrow, so I'm ready for Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start tonight, guys. That's why I asked. That's why why I asked about four weeks ago. Had anybody yeah. managed to do it? I, I must admit I couldn't do it straight away. But then it taken on the the second time. But the instructions to do it are not brilliant. Uh, I'll be on WhatsApp for you, lads. Uh, it's about putting about putting your code in. Now down at the bottom left hand side, as you got going in, it says, "Have you got a voucher?" And that is for me. That I clicked on that, and that took me through. And I put my code in. So. But you mean your code, your season ticket number? No, no, you should have, you should have had an email off the club with a, with a code in. Oh, no, I've not had one of them. 
It's going to be a, there's going to be a phone call tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know technology. So we've got uh, then Old Kingston Rovers against Uddersfield Giants. Uh, Parkett, we'll come to you first this time. Uh, fancy Huddersfield in this one by 12. Steve? Really tough one. This could go either way, but I'm going to agree. I think Huddersfield edge this by four. Gaz? I'm going to even tighter. Hull KR is a bit of a mystery team, aren't they? Must, must, must be something what's going on in Hull. Um, which you don't know what, what they're going to do. Um, and we've got the Caesar is the new Truman, you know, he's Caesar playing. But um, I'm going Huddersfield by two. I think it's going to be really tight. Graham? Tricky, tricky one. I don't think Huddersfield with that, uh, okay, with that bad against us in long spells, no. although we, we nailed them. Um, and I don't think the, the Giants are firing on all cylinders without Caesar. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my neck out and give a narrow OKR win by a couple of points. I think it's that close. Mm. And then I'm gonna go for Uddersfield as well. So we're moving on to Catalan Dragons against Salford Red Devils. Obviously, this is over in France. Stay, come to you on this one. Oh, I can see a comfortable Catalan win here. They look good in the first few weeks. Salford have looked anything but good, really. Another big win against the. Against witness, but this is different level, literally. So I'm saying Catalan by 26. Mm, nice one, uh, Gaz. Yeah, same again. I think home advantage at Catalan always makes a difference as well. Um, I'm going uh, Catalan by 18. Uh, come to you, Graham. Yeah, I know Salford a good win at the weekend, but I think we do. I think we do, I think those lads would have given witness again. Um, I'm going to go Catalans by 16 or so. Catalan and Parker. I think it'll be an improved performance by Salford. I think there's a few points in this particular game, but I'm going for pretty comfortable for Catalans by 16 points. Yeah, I'm going to go for Catalans by uh, about 14. Uh, and finally, wrapping things up, it's OFC versus Waddington Wolves. Mm, we'll come to... Ooh, come to Graham first because he looks really worried. Uh, yeah, um, I like the way Hull have gone this year, but I don't. Mm. Reynolds is out for six weeks, isn't he? With a hamstring, I think. I read that somewhere this week. Um, that just tips the balance for me to Warrington by a narrow, a narrow win for Warrington, I think. Oh, narrow win for Wire. Gaz? Same, uh, purely based on injuries. Uh, I, I'm presuming. That neither Sneed nor Reynolds will play. Uh, now, uh, and on that basis, I'm going Warrington by six. If they were playing, I'd definitely be going for Hull, but I don't think they will, so I'm going Warrington by six. Steve? Well, I've read that uh, Sneed has got a chance of playing. Reynolds, I think, is definitely out, but Sneed, I think, is a chance. Uh, and if he does play, I'm sticking with Hull. I'm going Hull by eight. Uh, park it. I've copied Steve's notes there. All by eight. All by eight. Uh, I'm going to go for all as well. Uh, and uh, Only by six, though. That's, uh, that's all. That's, uh, that's, for me, is the tie of the round. Sort of closeness rise. It, it, you could hardly uh, uh, put a cigarette paper between them, as they, as they used to say. Uh, right, let's go back to the uh, uh, chat board. Uh, regarding the Saints-Wakefield match, Ian has said, can we watch the Saints game anywhere? I don't know. 
Graham, have you got space for your Ian? Ian, come round to my house if you want. Yeah. It's, it's welcome. If I can get my uh, code sorted out in time. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, I'll, I'll, I'll ring him tomorrow and tell him what to do. When check I the junk mail. Check, yeah, check your junk mail. That's true. Good point. Yeah, good point. <laughs> I think the thing is, obviously, uh, the only place you can actually get it is on the Our League app. Uh, and then, uh, obviously, uh, if you're a season ticket holder, you can, you're can entitled to, to that game. So, uh, another full uh, sort of show, guys. Uh, absolutely chock-a-block. Got to absolutely loads. Hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget, you can catch up with us uh, if you uh, want to listen to the show again. Uh, we're on all major platforms. Obviously, we're on the Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Podchaser. Uh, we're also on Amazon as well now. So uh, if you book it, it actually can be delivered the same day by a, a gentleman in a brown <laughs> paper box. Uh, so thanks very much for, for listening. Please, if you're doing nothing, uh, catch the uh, the show tomorrow at the NRL show, Parker. Should be a good one, that, because it's been a good week over there, hasn't it? Yeah, it has been a cracking week. Yeah, we'll be looking back on the uh, round five of the NRL and uh, going through all the games like we normally do. And uh, it was one or two interesting transfer rumours and confirmed transfers that have taken place, which I've already hinted at on this show. So, yeah, catch up with us then. Uh, the other thing as well, I think, Parky, you've got one more, uh, well, certainly one more in the can of your on tour to go out yeah, on, on, on Wednesday, is it? That's right, that's right, yeah. So we've got a, an, another on tour. Um, and, yeah, it's a great chat, this one. Well, they're all great chats. I know I always say that every single time I, I come to push that, that particular show. But, yeah, it's another fascinating insight into uh, into a community rugby league club. So, yeah, I think it's the tack of storm, isn't it, this time? It out. is, yeah. That uh, is a good one. Uh, and they've got a fascinating story yeah. to tell. So, yeah, looking forward to hearing that. And then next week, we're going to try going live. We've That's lined right. a couple of guests up, haven't we, from yeah, a community yeah, point of yeah. view. So we're, we're going to give that a whirl and see what happens. Yeah, and I must admit that last uh, week's show uh, is probably, in the space of the week, is probably the, the biggest downloaded show that, that we've had. Uh, it got 98 downloads in, in less than a week uh, and still going. That was a West Bank burst, but it was, uh, it was a really good... Dave Murphy, wasn't it? It was Dave, Dave Murphy. He didn't yeah. hold anything back either no, because they got all. thrown out of the uh, Northwest Men's League two or three years ago due to an incident that happened mm-hmm. after a game. Uh, and he was really honest in how he explained and how they've moved on from that. So, yeah, it was a really great redemption story. Yeah. Go and catch that if you can as well. Yeah, yeah. So, thanks very much indeed for your support. We'll see you again uh, tomorrow if you you like your NRL Rugby League. If not, we'll catch you next Monday as well. Enjoy your rugby league, you know, because we do.
European glory is within reach. Watch every game of the run-in with a BT Sport monthly pass. In the UEFA Champions League quarterfinals, Liverpool face Real Madrid, Man City tackle Borussia Dortmund and Chelsea meet Porto. Plus, in the UEFA Europa League, it's Man United versus Granada and Arsenal versus Slavia Prague. Get your BT Sport monthly pass today. £25 a month, no contract. 30-day minimum term. Renews automatically until cancelled. BT Sport UK only. Compatible device needed. Terms apply. Gary bought a trampoline online with Visa, so he has protection if his card is used fraudulently. Now Gary's feeling pretty confident. Confident enough to try a slam dunk from his trampoline. Oh, oh Gary. Visa's zero liability helps protect you from fraud. We just can't protect you from yourself. Search Visa How You Pay Matters to find out more. Commercial and anonymous prepaid cards excluded. Responsible card use required. Contact your bank for TNCs. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.